I'm Kim Grinolds of Dogman.com at Folsom Field in Boulder, Colorado, where Washington defeated Colorado 37-10 in front of an announced crowd of 47,666. Capacity here is about 50,000. Uh, weather, I think, scared some people away, but uh, great road win for University of Washington opening up conference play. Weather, weather was sure the story before the game. Uh, you know, just walking into the press box, we had to park probably about five blocks away and it was raining hard. I mean, I was soaked by the time I got into the press box and um, yeah, it, it just wouldn't let up. But uh, as game time came close, you could really tell that things were starting to lighten up. Chris Fetters, can you tell, um, could you tell on TV, uh, you know, how bad it was? Well, you could definitely tell that there was some slippage going on and, you know, whether it was Steven Montez, you know, he had, a, he had a key third down play where he lost his footing and that, that almost put them out of field goal range, but their kicker to his credit hit a 49 yard field goal uh, at the time. But yeah, I mean, you certainly were afraid that Washington maybe didn't have the cleats or, or, you know, how many change of cleats they had different sizes for, you know, however the field conditions were going to be. But, you know, as it turned out, Kim, you know, no no fumbles um, in terms of the other team recovering them. Uh, so no lost fumbles. Obviously, the, the, the interceptions were a totally different story. But, right. um, you know, just in general, you could tell that, you know, the, the conditions weren't great. But by the time kickoff had come around, it looked like the majority of the really bad weather had kind of passed. For those who've never been, you know, into pregame, they, they usually start with all the players when they arrive, come out and check out the field. And they go back in the locker room, and then Tim Saha brings out different position groups, um, you know, uh, you know, three or four or five position groups, at a, you know, one at a time and gets them warmed up with his routine. You know, in the first position group, there was a couple of guys with their shirts off. And by the time the last group, everybody had their shirts off out on the field. Now, given it wasn't that cold, it was probably, you know, mid to high 40s. It wasn't warm, but it was raining pretty hard. Uh, and to see them out there, I, you know, because, Chris, you, you've been doing this a long time. And it was reminiscent of Daryl Dan, you know, Darrell Daniels, because it wouldn't matter what the weather was like. Darrell was coming off. And I'm not sure if it was a psych out job for Darrell or just to show off that upper body. Well, I know that it looked like all the linemen were trying to do it. And, and again, this was a storyline, pregame storyline, that um, the the guys that were announcing the game for Fox Sports 1, um, led by Tim Brando, they, these guys were kind of, you know, honing in on this thing, thinking that it was kind of a psych-out job by Tim Saha to kind of show that it didn't matter if Washington was playing Colorado and Santa Clara, California, or if they were playing them in Seattle or Boulder, it didn't matter that the same thing that happened in the PAC 12 title game was going to happen again. And it didn't matter if it was 90 degrees out or 50 degrees out, these guys yeah. were going to come out and, and do what they do and nothing was going to change. And, you know, talking to Chris Peterson after the game, Kim, it, it was clear that, even with the injuries and everything else that was kind of going against Washington, they stuck true to their plan, and, and obviously it worked yeah. out great for them. I mean, being as bad as the weather was before the game, and then, you know, it pretty much rained the entire game, not as hard during the game. The grass field, um, I was shocked how well it held up. I didn't see many guys slipping. They seemed to have pretty good traction out there. Um, and they have something here I haven't seen in a while. Remember Husky Stadium? They used to have that big crown so everything would drain off. 
Yeah. They actually have a crown on the natural grass field here. So everything was kind of going off to the sidelines. And when we went out to the field post game, I was kind of shocked. You know, it was, the field was actually in pretty good shape. So, uh, you know, the weather and the, all the conditions didn't really have a factor. Maybe on Tristan Vizcaino's, you know, uh, kicks maybe a little bit, you know, uh, maybe had a little bit of an impact. But no, I, I, I don't think the weather had an impact at all. But uh Colorado came out guns blaze and I mean they they were on fire on that first drive but after that first drive it was scored three points the rest of the game right and and again um I you know that Jimmy Lake talked with the Husky Honks post game and he talked about how Colorado came out with a really good scheme against them really got them kind of on their heels a little bit with that short passing game and then really spread them out and and tried to utilize some of their downfield blocking with their receivers did a fantastic job but then Washington really recovered well. They, you know, they kind of figured out what Colorado was going to try to do. And I think from then on out, um, for the most part, again, like you said, only three more points there out and uh, did a pretty nice job of just keeping the yardage between the 20s and didn't give them a lot of opportunities to make any big plays with their, with their three very experienced receivers. Chris, I know a lot of fans have been, you know, kind of questioning Coach Pete playing a lot of the young guys and rotating guys in there. Um, you know, I'm a guy, I think I'm in pretty good shape, you know, and I ran up the stairs and I'm going, whoa, okay, this is different. The altitude definitely makes a difference, and Jordan Miller even admitted to it. But even, you know, in today's game, you know, an opening pack, you know, conference game, they were rotating the guys in, and I thought it paid dividends in spades in the second half because I, what I saw from where I was at, I saw Washington's offense and defensive lines just wearing out Colorado at home. Well, it, it was you sense that? it was very well. It was very obvious after the pick six by Miles Bryant. That's when Colorado's heads noticeably dropped, and it you know it was I think it was only seventeen to seven at that time, if I remember correctly. And then mm-hmm. you know at that point, well, actually it was seventeen ten, and then you know obviously they got the ball back, and it was such a great play by Miles Bryant to disguise that coverage and turn it into something where it looked like they might have some some slants open and whatnot because it looked like Washington was really going to try to pressure Steven Montez on that play, but Bryant popped out and just kind of went into like a little cover shell, and and and, and Montez never even saw him. And the, that pick six really broke their back, and you could tell from then on out um, they just didn't have any any energy, any anything that they had left um, to try to get some points in that in that drive was absolutely crushed. By Miles Bryant, his first career interception, by the way, goes for a pick six and a really, really key moment. Um, to me, that was the play of the game. But as soon as that happened, you could tell that the life kind of went out of Colorado. Yeah, I, and I, you know, saw I got kind of screened out on that a little bit. But people were saying he didn't catch it clean. He was bobbling a little bit. Did you? What'd you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know. Well, the ball was coming at him, and and because you got to remember, those guys are throwing quick slants. And they're throwing a little. They're throwing it with a little heat, so it came at him pretty hard. And again, you're dealing with slippery, you know, footballs and 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 things like that. And and so, yeah, he may have had to double catch that a little bit. But once he secured it, he was off to the races, and and Montez was never going to get him. Another thing, uh, um, Azim Victor back leading the team with tackles again. Welcome back, Azim Victor, and uh, he had a big hit on the quarterback I think it pretty much uh, said piranhas in the water blood in the water because after that Washington just seemed to be teeing off on uh, Colorado so uh, it was good to see Azeem Victor back 
Right. Well, they ended up with five sacks overall. And again, that was a situation where Azeem got a sack. And I can't remember if it was either Bowman or Anzarike. I can't remember which one got the – there was a situation there where it was kind of like back-to-back sacks. And that was Both really the point where the Washington defense really – Yeah, the Washington defense really kind of put their stamp on it and really kind of said, okay, any life that you might have, um, no, we're taking it right away from you. We're, we're finishing this off in style. And so – um, that was a big, that was a really big kind of back-to-back sack situation was big. And then the four, the four down stop at the end um, to really put the, the, the exclamation point on it, I thought was a great uh, situation too. They really stayed home, even though uh, Colorado tried to get them moving a little way, a little misdirection. And those guys stayed home and made a really, really good play on that fourth and one uh, to kind of seal the win. Um, you know, I'm down on the field, so I'm, I get a little bit different view than you guys, you know, that are doing on TV or elevated up in the press box. But, uh, you know, so I try to listen to the, op, you know, the opponent's broadcast so I can get an idea of what's going on. And, you know, sometimes they're pretty homer guys, but, uh, you know, the Colorado guy, who I, their play-by-play guy is really, really good. And he said, uh, the sideline guy was complaining a little bit, saying that Washington's linemen, both offensive and de- defensive linemen, we're playing through the echo of the echo of the whistle. He was kind of complaining about it a little bit, and the guy upstairs goes, "Isn't that what you want them to do?" <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, what they're trained to do. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, I thought the Trey Adams was just a monster out on the left side and really opened up some great holes for uh, Miles Gaskin. Like I said, you know, I'm down on the ground floor, so I see th- the holes opening, but I can't see a lot of the other stuff. Tell me what you saw with Miles Gaskin today, because Miles Gaskin was just. He's a freak. Well, you know, and, and Peterson said it in the post game that, and he said it all along. He says, you know, it takes a minute for the run game to get going, and and you want it so that by the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, you've really started to to, to create some momentum and some rhythm. And obviously, that's where he bit, did most of his damage. You know, he had that fifty-seven yard touchdown to really cap off the whole thing. But. Um, you know, bottom line is he's such a he's such a great runner with his vision and his instincts that he was getting two, three yards on stuff that should have just gotten either blown up for no gain or even a loss. And I think sometimes those are more uh, impressive than some of the, you know, eight, nine, ten yard plays. But I'll tell you, by the end of the game, Kim, there was there was one play where uh, he went around left end. And again, you, you, you mentioned Troy Adams. He's really opening up holes. But you know, Coleman Shelton pulled around and was a pulling center. And he let, I mean, he led Miles Gaskin like it was a convoy. And no Colorado player even wanted to get in front of those guys at all. And it was a complete capitulation. And I think by that time, you could really tell, you know, whatever steam that, that Colorado might have had in terms of a defensive effort, Washington had taken everything away from them. And I think one thing that Miles, Bryant, Miles <laughs> Gaskin doesn't get credit for. I'm down in the end zone, and I'm looking at him coming through the hole. He's only 5'9". He may not even be 5'9". And then on top of it, he is running low. He's tough to get He's tough to get a hand on at times, especially when you get down in the red zone. Well, yeah, and that's you can't arm tackle him. We were making that point during the game. I mean, there are situations where, again, guys were trying to arm tackle him at the line of scrimmage, and he would he – would, get out of it and maybe make a four or five yard gain simply because, you know, guys were having to kind of lunge at him and because his angles are so good and he plays with such vision, he can make a cutback move. And now all of a sudden guys are kind of gasping for air and whatnot. So, 
Yeah, I mean, the superlatives as far as Miles goes is it's hard to, you know, it's hard to talk about what he hasn't done at this point. It's, you know, at 202 yards, and it is a career high for him, um, you know, kind of snuck up on him. 27 carries. He'd had 24 carries all year before tonight's game, before Saturday night's game. That's That'll tell you what their game plan was, maybe with or without LeVon Coleman. I still think Miles Gaskin was going to get 20 carries. I just it felt like that kind of a game, and 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 obviously he was going to get more once Levon was out. But um, to really put it all on his shoulders and for him to respond the way that he did, I mean that just shows just how how good he is. Well, the other thing is you know with Coach Pete, and this is one of the things I really admire about him. He doesn't he has faith in his players. I mean the games still you know tight and they're down in the red zone and he puts Kamari Pleasant in for the first time in his career in a meaningful situation in the red zones Kamari Pleasant made his debut so you know that's one of the things and then also Pete does what needs to be done to win you know sometimes people are going to complain that the run game's not there well you know Pete's really good at taking what they give them and once he gets ahead he's just trying to win football games he's not looking for the style points but he's just trying to win and he seems real capable of knowing what it's going to take to win especially on a road game at altitude and uh, conditions like this yeah there's no doubt and and you mentioned Kamari Pleasant I think he's the the unsung hero of the game because he was basically asked to be LaVon Coleman whether it was pass protection whether it was as a lead blocker for Miles Gaskin in many situations you know, and he came up huge. I mean, it's not nothing's going to show up in the box score for him. I think he ended up with with basically one carry for five yards. Um, that absolutely doesn't do him any justice whatsoever in terms of the night that he had, the importance that he had for Washington tonight. I mean, it was huge what he did. And then you look defensively. You know, you mentioned Azim Victor. But again, Miles Bryant with that pick, but he also had seven tackles. You look at Austin Joyner, who who started for Byron Murphy, had six tackles. Um, there were some situations where some of the poor footing, you know, they were gasping for air on sometimes, and sometimes their tackling wasn't as form as you would have liked it to be. But again, 10 points on the road in the Pac-12, you've got to think that Washington, that defensive effort was really, really good. Like I said, first drive of the game, they scored seven, and they only had three the rest of the game. You know, so um, one yeah, of the Washington things, in, you know, Washington was fifty-seven minutes and uh, fifty fifty-seven minutes into the game before they even punted. The, yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe Whitford uh, booms one fifty-one yards. And I told you about that knuckleball. He kicked that knuckleball, and that guy had a tough time, uh, tough time catching that. But um, you know, I, another thing that was real evident and. It goes back to last year in the Apple Cup. Um, well, actually, the year before last year in the Apple Cup back at Washington State. Um, the defensive backs, the safeties, and the corners play so physical. And Taylor Rapp and Ezekiel Turner, JoJo McIntosh, and even Miles Bryant and Jordan Miller, they were hitting guys often and hitting them early. And it almost seems like they're getting in these receivers' heads and they don't like to get hit. And, uh, I mean, are you seeing that, you know, maybe some alligator arms a little bit with some of these guys? I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I think I just think the, 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 the night was just a rough night. It's just a rough and tumble night. I think it's just one of those things where, yeah, I think Washington has kind of built a physical mentality on both sides of the ball. And maybe it took until tonight to, for it to really show up because the stakes were that high. But, you know, I think in general, those guys have, have always uh, tried to play rough. And I think, to be honest with you, the, the you know, the, 
I, I don't know if, if you can make a correlation between the injuries this week and them really trying to ramp up the physicality because they knew Colorado was going to be a really, really physical team coming at them. But, you know, I think that's that was a testament to just how seriously they were taking this game. Three penalties uh, for Washington tonight. Uh, I don't know if that's a season low, but uh, three penalties. I'll take that any game. Uh, net rushing yards. Washington had 254 net rushing yards. Colorado, 120. And when you look at that, uh, Colorado had 43 for 120. They only averaged uh, 2.8 yards per rush. And on the other side, Washington, 39 carries for 254, where they averaged 6.5 uh, yards per rush. Uh, also, Washington, 10 points off turnovers, which was also huge. Miles um, Gaskin, again, 27 carries for 202. Um, Savon Ahmed, six carries for 27 yards. Jake Browning, just, you know, just a game manager tonight, 11 for 21 with uh, one interception, um, you know, on kind of a bailout, you know, throwing it deep down the field for 160 yards. Uh, Chico McClatcher, don't know how severe his um, injury was, but he was the leading receiver with four for 44. Chico was wearing a pretty hefty leg brace under, um, you know, on his uh, left knee. And that, um, I couldn't tell they were surrounded. You probably had a better view on TV were they looking at his yeah. knee or his ankle? Well, his that, uh, his injury? ankle got completely turned around, so it I it, it just oh, wow. didn't. It looked bad. It looked really bad on TV. So, yeah, I'm. I it's so disappointing for Chico, who just came back and you know was banged up for the for at least a week or so. But um, for him to come back and then immediately that happened, I mean, you just your heart goes out to him, and you hope you really hope that the whatever X rays and stuff like that come back negative, and that maybe it's just a couple weeks for him, but. Boy, it didn't look – it did not look good, Kim. When you take a look at the defensive side, you know, Philip Lindsay, who was there, you know, uh, big-time running back, 19 carries, and he limited him to 68 yards with a long of only nine. Steven Montez, 21 for 27, which is a good, uh, you know, completion percentage. But he had three interceptions. And out of those 21 receptions, it was only 171 yards. And they limited Shea Fields. He had five receptions, but he only had 36 yards. So, uh, you know, good night for the de- uh, for the defense. Again, Azeem Victor back on top of the leaderboard with, uh, you know, leading the team with 10 tackles. He had a tackle for loss with a sack in there. And that sack, it was pretty much hello. I mean, he really rocked that guy. So uh, also was sacked. Was uh, Ryan Bowman had the sack? Levi Onwuzrike had the uh, sack as well as the uh, blocked punt. And uh, Sean Constantine, towards the end of the game, had a sack, which is cool. Sean's, uh, you know, had a lot of injuries here, so great to see him have a sack as well. Yeah, and I don't know um, about that punt block. I couldn't tell if it was Onzurike or Evita Vea. Either way, I, I don't Levi. know. They may have both gotten their hands on it for all I know. But just that was such a turnaround play for Washington at that time, given you know, how things had kind of started a little bit slow for them. They had, they were kind of reacting on defense, but for them to force that punt and then to make that impact play, you know, everyone's talking about Dante Pettis making the impact play, but for them to make that play with the block, that was huge. I thought the play of the game is when Steven Montez, you know, on, uh, I think it was third and three and he slid (laughs) a yard short of the uh, first down marker and made them punt. I think I thought that changed the momentum of the game big time. Yeah, there was no doubt. Uh, you, it's so hard for those guys to think, you know, kind of when you're sliding like that, are you sliding far enough so that when they take away some of that slide yardage, did you still get past the first down marker? And it's just one of those mental mistakes. You know, you just you have to overcompensate on those things. 
or like he does because he's such a big guy, just dive head first if you're gonna. And you know that that kind of slide was more like what you would have expected from Jake Browning, for instance. But uh, yeah. again, you know, just some t- some some tough focus plays for him, some concentration plays, and you know that along with the three picks, I think really told the tale of his night. You know, he with his percentage, you know, completion percentage, you know, he was really in kind of game manager mode too. But those picks were really costly. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts. I've got to drive back to Denver, which is about an hour away. I've got an early morning flight, and we're an hour ahead of you guys. So- so it's going to be going to be a tough, going to be a rough one getting up that early. I probably won't even sleep tonight. But uh, anyways, final thoughts, Chris. Um, just that I I had the game twenty four twenty one. I really thought that the conditions um, would make it a close game. I really thought that Colorado being up for this game was going to make it a tight game. And you know what? They started out that way. Washington started out slow. So I was thinking, okay, this is going to be a real slog. But then you know the punt block, and especially in the second half with that pick six. And the defense really, really, you know, taking Colorado to task and, and setting the tone there. And then obviously the run game uh, really stepping up and, and just establishing that rhythm and that tempo and just starting to really impose uh, their will against Colorado and just kind of broke their backs. And, you know, that's so positive going forward to these guys because, you know, this is just the first game of the Pac-12 season, Kim, and they've got a long way to go. But I tell you what, this is – you you got to remember how they started out the Pac-12 season last year in terms of their win over Stanford. And so for them to be to have just as a resounding a win on the road against the team they played in the Pac-12 title game last year, that's going to do their that's just going to do their confidence so much good. And they they've got to be on cloud 9. Excuse me, cloud 9 right now. Yeah. Don't understand the silver and black. I thought they were gold and black. I thought that was their color, so that was a little different. Um, since our last visit, they've done a lot of uh, renovations around here, Chris, and uh, there's some new buildings and some uh, new luxury boxes, and uh, looks like they've taken care of the stadium a little bit more. Last time we were here, it was pretty much just peeling paint and looked like crap, but uh, no, it's a nice stadium here at uh, Colorado. Husky faithful road dogs showed up in force today, just down in the end zone. They didn't stick them way up in the nosebleed section, but uh, a lot of Huskies traveled to this game. I think this was uh, a game that a lot of Husky fans had, had, uh, had circled, but uh, a little nervous after that seven to, you know, nothing start by Colorado. And then they stopped Washington and then got the ball again and marched down the field. But after that, uh, you know, first possession, first score. Washington only allowed three points the rest of the game. So just an outstanding game by the defense. Again, you know, fans are going to find things to nitpick apart. It doesn't matter. Chris Peterson finds a way to win, and it's always a good sign when there's four minutes left to go in the game, and Pete Kwiatkowski is running by you with a big smile on his face from upstairs. So I think it's a good thing to have a defensive coordinator next to you on the sidelines with four minutes to go in the game. Is that like a victory cigar? Kind of, Chris. Well, they they did the victory formation, so I'm I'm sure there's something to that. Yeah, great win by Washington, and uh, again, you know, road dogs are awesome, and you know, uh, if people want to go to an away game, Colorado and, and you know, Boulder is definitely you know a, a worthy uh, trip down the road. So, hey, from all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds, along with Chris Fetters. Go dogs.